Tappers, what's up? It is the Friday edition of the Daily Tap. We are talking about if the Badgers have any nobody believes in us vibes or if they are the frauds that we have seen over the last few few weeks. Maybe that's a little harsh, but we'll talk Badgers to start the show. We'll also talk about the professional basketball team, your Milwaukee Bucks, and what we saw after the first game back from the All-Star break. They got off on a great foot, a couple of the news and notes from that game against the Knicks, and then we'll talk about why Avisail Garcia coming to Craig Council after the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing is a good thing for the Brewers and for Garcia and Bradley Jr. But like I said, we're going to start with the Wisconsin Badgers. The Badgers had what was what you could best describe as a very interesting basketball game tonight against Penn State. So Penn State and Wisconsin had played back-to-back games. The Big Ten didn't really do the back-to-back schedule this year. They they just kind of that wasn't their thing. Um, we saw it a lot in the smaller conferences. Um, some even the like. Not necessarily mid-majors, but like the teams who are not, they don't have multiple bids. So like a Conference USA, right? Conference USA did a lot. Um, You also had the Mountain West who would have back-to-back games, which, I mean, side note, awful to gamble on. Just had no feel at all for the back-to-back games. But the Badgers and Penn State did like a home-and-home, and partly of that was due to Penn State having some COVID issues earlier in January. And so the Badgers had to play Penn State later in the year. They ended up losing that game at Penn State and then returned the favor and beat their ass in Madison. It looked like much of the same uh, for most of the second half there. Um, Wisconsin got on a hot run, end of the first half, and then into the second half, they were really good. And then all of a sudden, it started to collapse on Wisconsin. Wisconsin had an 18-point lead with seven-ish minutes left to go in the game, and they only won by one. Brutal for those who might have had Wisconsin minus the six and a half. Um, That looked – I had Penn State. I will admit that. I don't know if that makes me a bad podcaster, but I was on Penn State. And you guys can be like, wow, fuck off, dude. And it's like, you're going to now talk to us about the Badgers? It is what it is, right? Um, you guys, I think most people know my stance on the Badgers. I don't think I've, I, I, I talk about them fairly, but I'm not a fan. So if you guys thought I was a fan and, and I was deceiving you in any way, I apologize. But yeah, no, that's kind of how I, how I approached Wisconsin Badgers. Anyways, that, not to get off, get off track. So Wisconsin just, I mean, it just completely comes apart for them. And just everything that could go wrong is going wrong. I think I saw from our guy, Kurt Hogg, that Penn State had 16 points in eight possessions. And all of a sudden, this is a game. And if it's not for Brad Davidson calling timeout, who knows, right? May have Wisconsin have lost that game. And had they lost that game, I had I would have to think that the season, not that they'd be off the bubble, right? But I had to think like that was the wind in the sails they needed. And in a lot of ways, this topic I think would have been a lot better had Wisconsin blown out Penn State. I'm not going to lie to you, right? And I think everybody would say, all right, well, maybe there is something there. Maybe there is a little bit of this. Nobody believes in us. These guys have been here before. They've all been in this environment. This is nothing new for them. And now they're getting to sort of live it out for their senior year. And there's, I think, something special there. And that chip on the shoulder from last year kind of returns. I mean, I think 
all of these guys remember what it was like to be, I believe it was Indianapolis last year too, to be in Indianapolis and then hear that everything has got canceled and shut down and now you have to go back to Madison and the season is over. And you have to think that that is in a lot of these Wisconsin players. And so I actually really think feel good about them against Iowa. I haven't looked at the line yet, but I probably am going to be on Wisconsin. Number one, Fran McCaffrey is not a good tournament coach. Just in general, Fran McCaffrey has never really has the secret sauce to do it in March. That's number one. Number two, they don't have Joe Wieskamp. He's out with a foot injury likely. And they were a different team in that second half against, against the Badgers. And it took pretty much an act of God for Iowa to win that game. So I actually really like Wisconsin in this. And I, I do think there is a little bit of this, like, they could kind of get hot here and figure some shit out. And I know that Wisconsin isn't what people thought they were, right? But they are a bitch to deal with come tournament time. They just are. I, I don't know if it is they don't have the time to prepare. I don't know if it is just the just the style in, in that wears you down and they waste the shot clock and then before you know it, you're playing your third game and you got to deal with this sort of ankle-biting style of play from Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know what it exactly is, but it frustrates the shit out of teams and they've had some really good success in the Big Ten tournament. And even if they beat Iowa, I think that might be enough to push them ahead of the 8-9 to nine line And that is really important for Wisconsin. That is very, very important for Wisconsin. And here's why. Because it is likely that Michigan and Illinois are going to get the other two one seeds. And I believe you it takes like an act of God for them to schedule a Big Ten or a conference game in the second round. They had to do it for the Big East when the Big East had 11 teams out of 16 in. That was one of the most incredible years of basketball that I ever watched in terms of conference play. It was, that to me is like the pinnacle. Big 10's really good. So is the Big 12. Um, you know, I want to talk a little bit at the end about how awesome the day of hoops it was on Thursday. But real quick here, it's like they won't make a Wisconsin-Illinois potential matchup in round two. They might make it if Wisconsin, they aren't going to be a 4 or 5. But if it's like a Sweet 16 matchup, that could be on the table, how the bracket breaks, whatever. But they're not going to make it a second round game. Therefore, it's imperative that Wisconsin does not get the 8 or 9 line. Because if they get the 8 or 9 line, they would either play Gonzaga or Baylor. And nobody, nobody is better than Gonzaga or Baylor right now. Gonzaga is on another level. Uh, Jalen Suggs is an absolute stud. So good. They got Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy. I mean, this is the best Gonzaga team that has ever been on the court. They are so talented. Start top to bottom. Baylor, same thing. And they are just dudes. And I think uh, Scott Van Pelt had something like they are the adults in the swimming pool. And they don't come out for the kids. Like they are bullies. And I just think what happened with Illinois' big men against Wisconsin where Micah Potter and Nate Reavers did not get a rebound. And, like, they didn't get one. They don't want to play those games. That's the worst-case scenario for Wisconsin and a probable scenario if they lose to Iowa. 
Now, if they beat Iowa, and let's say they keep things close against Illinois, maybe they're a seven seed. If they're a seven seed, I think they have opportunity there because they're a senior-laden team. Now, you're going to have to see the draw. I feel like a team like Alabama would be an absolutely terrible matchup for them. But if, say, Oklahoma State beats Butler, let's say Oklahoma State shocks, or Baylor, sorry, not Butler. Uh, Oklahoma State shocks the world, beats Baylor. Oklahoma State ends up beating Kansas. They win the tournament. They win the Big 12 tournament. Well, now maybe people think Oklahoma State's a two-seed, right? And Oklahoma State and Wisconsin are in the same region. The young versus old, right? Wisconsin can win that game and get to the second second weekend. And I don't know what is a success for Badger fans. Like, I haven't really talked to them much about what is a success in March. Is it just making it, just getting to that second weekend, getting to the Sweet 16, given that this year hasn't worked out well? I'm sure at the start of the year, it was Final Four aspirations. But now, probably second weekend would be good enough, I think, for a lot of Badger fans. And I know that some people would say, well, that's not good enough. You know, that's mediocre. That's settling for, you know, the best 16 versus the best eight, the best four, the best two, whatever. Look, Wisconsin did not have a good year. Uh, Yeah, I would say they didn't have a good year. They didn't have a good year. They didn't have the year they expected. If they got to the Sweet 16 on a year they didn't expect and they're a seven seed or even eight seed and they shock the world and do it again against an undefeated team, which we've seen it happen before, much better team that did that. Um, Yeah, that's a fucking massive accomplishment for Wisconsin. And is there a potential that they're fraudulent still and that this is all sort of a ruse and that what we saw in the last seven minutes was kind of what's been like for Wisconsin for the last month and a half? Maybe. Um, It's hard, right? Like, we've really, they played a little bit in the non-conference, but they didn't play that many good teams. Their Loyola win is more impressive by the day, just given how good Loyola was this season. But they're going to have a higher seed or a lower seed than Wisconsin. Like, they're going to be a five or a six seed. Like, they're going to be a legitimate, like major seed for for the NCAA tournament. And I like Loyola. I think Loyola is going to be a tough out for for a lot of teams. But with Wisconsin, I they could basically be same old Badger sort of thing if they fall to Iowa tonight. And that's that's what you have. And we'll we'll see what happens. And if anything if Thursday's or Friday's anything like Thursday, holy fuck. What a day of college basketball. There have been a lot of days. Uh, there are a few. I shouldn't say that. But there have been. this was a day made for working from home. The amount of games that were just going and they were all down to the wire was fucking crazy. I, you know, I had the games on. As I'm trying to be a good worker, I mute the TV. Unless it's like at the very end of the game. And then I'll turn it on. But I mute the TV because then I'm not, not that distracted. I, I know it's on. I'll, I'll peek over. But I, I won't necessarily like keep my eye on it. But I didn't have the Georgetown Villanova finish on mute. And all of a sudden, I saw the guy go to the line. I got like a ping at work. And then I was like, oh, fuck, Georgetown won? Like, there have been so many upsets. There have been so much stuff that just wasn't the same. And I I don't know. I think you have to wonder if it's part due to just like the COVID environment where these guys are kind of like, all right, we just want to get to the bubble in Indianapolis. Like you saw 
all these teams sort of struggle. Like Baylor, I mean, struggled with Kansas State, who they beat by 20-plus easily the last two times they played. So is it just Baylor's like, we have nothing left to prove? Like, we could lose to Oklahoma State tonight, and we're still getting a one seed. Maybe it's not the one seed uh, opposite of Gonzaga, but we are getting a one seed. No question about it. You even look at a Michigan. Like, Michigan's probably the one team that I think will still have something to play for. Like, if you're kind of handicapping and you're like, all right, who else fits that mold for t- today's games from, like, a gambling perspective? Bringing in uh, Snowtap WI Gambling Hour here. Um, Michigan still has something to play for because if Michigan loses, they could potentially get knocked off the one line. So you're like, well, who would you give the number one seed to? Well, if Alabama wins out the SEC and they beat like Arkansas and they beat either Tennessee or Florida, I think are playing again. Uh, And so if they beat Tennessee or Florida, uh, there's a case, right, for Alabama there might even be a case for Ark. I don't think there's a case for Arkansas. Arkansas, I think, is the are they the two? They, I mean, Arkansas has been fantastic. Um, so there's that. Who else would there be? I don't. I don't think Kansas has done enough. I mean, they've been hot of late. I mean, maybe they beat Baylor again, and then that is the one blue blood homage is getting Kansas a one seed. Or is Michigan had a good enough resume that they don't necessarily need to worry about it? That they are in? I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, that Or, like, what if Ohio State, who lost four straight, what if Ohio State comes up from the ashes, beats Purdue, which I actually don't think they're going to. But they beat Purdue, and then they beat Michigan, and they beat Illinois. What would the case then be for Ohio State? Would you make Ohio State the fourth seed then? Fourth one. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with that fourth one seed. If Michigan loses. If Michigan if Michigan and Illinois go to the final, it's Michigan and Illinois. Okay? That is a lock. But if, even if Illinois lose, like Illinois lose the Rutgers this, tonight. If they lost to Rutgers, I still think Illinois is fine. I think Illinois is still a one seed. They've done enough, in my opinion. They're in house money land. With Baylor, with somewhat of Gonzaga, who already has house money, cashed it in. They're the overall number one seed. Don't, there's no spoiler. There's no need for Greg Gumbel to be like, hey, I'm the number one seed, Gonzaga. It's like, yeah, dude, we fucking know. But anyways, I, I'm just so excited for today. Um, I, I haven't really looked at the schedule too hard just because it's kind of one of those where it's like you, you just got to like let it sort of develop. Let's see here if I can find you. Find you what I look like tomorrow. There will be games, trust me. Don't 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 doubt that. I mean, yeah, you kick off 10:30 Michigan Maryland, uh, and then Michigan Maryland. All right, UAB Western Kentucky. I mean, that's a pretty solid 11 a.m. game. I mean, I know it's it's lesser teams, but my goodness. Like I said, Ohio State Purdue very good. You do get Florida and Tennessee tomorrow, so. Not, not a bad one. It was played last week. Uh, Tennessee was was more successful. Georgetown, Seton Hall, only because if Georgetown gets there and then you get a Georgetown-UConn final, holy shit, old Big East, everyone would just come themselves. But yeah, it gets much better at night with Oklahoma State, Baylor is going to be just terrific. Georgia Tech, Virginia, do not sleep on that one. That, that should be 
a fun little time. You have Arkansas in action against Missouri in a spread that is far too low. I will be investing in that one. North Carolina, Florida State will be great. What does Florida State look like? Are they a little rusty? Like I said, Wisconsin and Iowa. Old Miss, LSU. You have Texas and Kansas. That's going to be awesome. Nevada, San Diego State isn't isn't too much too bad. Nothing to shake your dick at. You're going to probably have USC and Colorado as your nightcap at 1030. I mean, let's get it. I mean, that's Utah State, Colorado State, very late. All right. Like, there are games. It's it's a little, it's not as dense as it was today. Today was dense. Today was, I mean, it was just every man for themselves. Tomorrow's a little easier. Tomorrow lightens up just a bit. It lightens up just enough. Like, it, it's, it's good. Like, I, I like it. This is a little easier for me. Yet today, yesterday was overwhelming. I'll admit it. It was just, there was too much, too many games. Not too many games as a fan. I should clean that up. Not too many games as a fan. Too many games as a gambler. I'm like, guys, I just, like, I can't deal with this. And I, like, I tried to figure out a system. I, like, have, a, I don't want to talk about it. Because if I talk about it, then it's just going to go to shit. But anyways, um, we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. Selection Sunday, Mitch and I will be doing a tapping the keg bracket reaction probably 7 o'clock-ish. Mitch and I will get on and talk about the bracket, talk what we like, what we don't like. Uh, We'll probably talk the Badgers region first if they have any shot. And then we won't really go through a bracket. I will probably do that on a daily tap, actually. I'll fill out my bracket on one of the shows this week. But um, we'll at least talk about all the regions, get you guys signed up for Snow Tap Madness. Uh, which will be running on Yahoo, so go and sign up um, and enter. Uh, we'll be giving away cash prizes or restaurant gift cards. It'll be your choice, dealer's choice on that. If you want to support a restaurant versus uh, getting just hard hard cash, all, all about it. If you just want the money, you just want the Venmo payment, I ain't mad at you either. So, all right, let's move on, though. We've talked a lot about college basketball. Nothing wrong with that. Going to the pros now with the Milwaukee Bucks. So Mitch and I talked on a show yesterday. It's having the keg if you haven't listened. It was a good show. Really, really liked it. Talked a lot about the second half expectations for the Bucks in the open. We mentioned this game and talked about how we were concerned maybe of a little bit of a hangover for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mitch compared it to like Prince Fielder and a home run derby. It was an awesome comparison by Mitchie. Like so good. Because that is exactly what you worry about, right? These guys played an all-star game. There was no defense. It looked like people were going at about ah, 45% speed. And what that would do to Giannis, who knows, right? And he was dominant. I mean, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, and triple-double in 29 minutes. The Bucks were out and running right away. They got a 17-point lead at halftime, and they never looked back. They didn't let the Knicks even sniff back into this game. The Knicks never really even had a shot. And that, to me, is very important. That is very important for the Milwaukee Bucks, that they just won start to finish. This was a boat race. This was old school Bucks, right? And if this is the Bucks team that we're getting the rest of the second half, look out. Now, granted, it's the Knicks, and I know they are a playoff team, but maybe maybe a bit, little bit of a, a record ha- or who they've played has inflated that. And then they'll play Washington, and then they'll play Philly. And I think Philly will get our first 
real look. And I, I still think we don't know who this team is, right? We we talked about that on the show yesterday too. And I don't think this helps. In a, in a weird way, this hurts things, right? Like we've seen them just be in the gauntlet the last five or six games minus that Denver fuck up. And they've been sort of in the weeds. And then in this one, it's like blowout city. There's no weeds needed. This is just an absolute boat race. And again, we ask ourselves, who are the Milwaukee Bucks? Because that answer has not been given to us. May it be given to us in a week and we're like, all right, this is who the Bucks are? Perhaps. Um, I still think they're they're figuring some things out. I think the holiday COVID stuff really screwed with what they were about to do. And we'll see. We'll see if they get hot here. And, you know, it was a nice night for Bryn Forbes. Seven threes off the bench. I, Bryn, when Bryn gets going, man, it's another level. And in a lot of ways, what Bryn Forbes is doing is, I think, what they wanted Kyle Corver to do last year. And a little bit of Wes Matthews. I, I More Wes Matthews. But it, it was... I don't think Wes wanted to be on the bench. And I don't know if it was a weird Dante West. They didn't think Dante was ready. And I have no idea if Wes would have been better as a bench guy. But Bryn Forbes is also shooting better than Wes Matthews. Again, John Horace, another really good signing for him. And he just, he couldn't miss. And Forbes hasn't necessarily had those big moments against big teams. Like, I, I have to look it up. And I don't mean to be a hater here. But, like, he now needs to have, bring this confidence to Philly in a week. Like, this is what he kind of needs to do. Like, he needs to bring that energy in, into Philadelphia. Let's look at this. I had the box score up so I could go to look at Bryn Forbes. Exciting radio, I know. So, yeah, I mean, in big games, we haven't really seen it, right? Like, he had five points against the Clippers. Now, he only played 12 minutes. He played 21 minutes against the Pels. He only had two points in that one. In the Toronto games, he did have 11, but his you know shooting percentage wasn't that great. He had five against the Jazz, um, two of six. He was really good in the Phoenix game and good in that Denver game. So those were those were good ones. Those are ones to kind of stick your stick your feather in. But yeah, we we've really seen Bryn Forbes come through when they're playing shitty teams. So I think the next step in the sort of Bryn Forbes development is let's see it against a good team. And if that starts happening, then let's go. So hopefully, like that confidence grows in him, and hopefully he's starting to feel it. Where yeah, I can I can hang with these big boys. Like that's not a problem, and that's that'll be a great thing for the Bucks. Also, a good thing for the Bucks. Brook Lopez blocking shots. He had five blocks in this game. Now I know blocks aren't everything, and but his rim protection numbers have been down this year, and it's made a harder and harder case to keep Brook Lopez. Now, he looked really good in this game. I don't know if it's just a one-game thing, if it's fresh legs, but it was nice to see sort of Brooke patrolling the lane again, and we'll see if that continues. And if it does, Bucks are in a nice little spot here. But yeah, it's, we, it's still an unknown of what the Bucks are, um, but I will say a blowout in full helps a lot, and it starts making you feel a lot better about this team. Not even that you should blow out the Knicks because the Knicks are pretty good, but it's more that you you did it and it was it you weren't in a fight tonight. The Bucks have not been in a game where they didn't didn't were on have their fans on life support in the fourth quarter and winning since that Minnesota game like two 
two or three weeks ago. So good on the Bucks. I'm glad that they got it done, and we'll look forward to Washington on Saturday. I'm sure Mish and I will mention that one as well as talk a lot about Bucks Sixers. Um, as we know, no one hates the Sixers more than our guy Mitch. All right, wrapping up the show, heading on to baseball. So I thought this was really interesting. I saw a quote uh, this morning that Avisel Garcia had met with Craig Council to discuss his role. Craig Council told him, like, hey, nothing's changing. And Garcia was unsure because of the Jackie Bradley Jr. signing. Now, some people might say, yeah, it's a little, like, helicopter parent-ish. Like, hey, I just want to make sure, like, my kid is still getting the time on the field that you promised. Like, I know this new kid's here, but are we sure we're still aligned? And that is one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is, you know what? This breeds competition. This keeps Avisail Garcia on the path that he was with his weight loss journey. He lost 36 pounds. It's incredible. But when you start a season back up again, like obviously the temptation of clubhouse food, on the road food, things like that, you're bound to gain a little bit of that back. And I think what Craig Council did in terms of just keeping that motivation with Bradley Jr., like he's like, yeah, your spot's safe. But as I've kind of drawn out, like Jackie Bradley is probably going to be starting four days a week. And I'm sure that's what Council told him. I'm sure Council's like, look, we're going to start Jackie a bunch of games. You're still going to get your at-bats. Don't worry about it. And if you're hot, we're not going to take you out of the lineup. If you're just on fire and you're hitting home runs and you're hitting doubles, like we are not going to take you out of the lineup just because Thursday is Jackie's day in right field. Like that's not happening. So... I think all this does is breed competition. All this does is say to Garcia, maybe even Lorenzo Cain, like, hey, I got to be great every time out. And for Bradley Jr., I got to be great every time out. I have to give them a reason to want to take me out of the baseball game. And if I don't give them that reason and I'm awesome the entire season, then it then just makes Craig's job that much harder. And we'll we'll all figure it out together. So I love it. I absolutely do. I think this is one of those things that with that fourth outfielder, it's not really a fourth outfielder. I've called him a three and a half outfielder. The three and a half outfielder is it immediately puts everybody sort of on alert. Not Christian Yelich, right? He's the exception. But a guy like Renzo, yeah, for sure. Like, is there a world I could see in June 10th? Let's just put a day on it. June 10th, about two months from now, that... Three months. Good good math there, asshole. Um, that Jackie Bradley Jr. is our starting center fielder? Yeah, I could. I, I don't know. I It's possible, right? And I think with Garcia, they, they're committed to him, and they want to make sure he's successful. And I think that they're going to give him a decent amount of rope. But if he's not performing and Bradley is, well, Bradley's going to take his spot in right field. And I... I'm not a huge Cowboys fan, as most Packer fans are, but I, I love the quote from Dak Prescott this week when he signed his deal saying pressure is a privilege. And I thought about that today, weirdly, in the gym. Yeah, call me a fucking hardo if you want. But I was thinking about work stuff, and and that's exactly what this is, right? Like, it, it's a privilege that Garcia has the pressure of a guy like Jackie Bradley Jr. That means the Brewers are pretty good. It means the Brewers have have what it takes to be among the best in the National League. 
So, again, I have no problem Garcia seeing the coach. I have no problem with what Craig Council kind of said. And I really think it'll just mold the Brewers into a more competitive bunch. Lastly on the Brewers, I won't do it to myself to get excited about a guy like Garrett Mitchell or Bryce Terang, who've both been awesome in spring training. Or even uh, Andy Ashby, right? But it's it's cool, at least. Let's just put it that way. It's cool to see some of this prospects show out here in the first couple weeks of training camp. The, most likely all of them will be down by Monday. Brewers, by the way, on Monday I have a decision with Travis Shaw. I smell a tapping the keg pocket, tapping the keg topic. Um, but we will um, we'll see what happens there with Shaw because that's going to be very interesting. All right, guys, that does it for our show. We will be back, as I said, Monday, tapping the keg special. Mitch and I talking brackets. We'll talk about a lot of things. I don't know if we'll get to everything we want to. And I'm not saying, like, maybe I should do, like, a solo pod on the side. Like, basically do the full tapping the keg, and then it's like, oh, here's Charlie. Which, I, if I were to do it, how I would do it is intro myself, then say, hey, welcome in, and go on and then I'd close it out with something but that would probably make the podcast like an hour and a half long I just I don't know there's a lot to cover man you have the bracket you have Packer free agency which I don't know if we'll get any new news on that it'll just be kind of a wait and see so that would help us actually no news is good news for us Green Bay you hear um we have Travis Shaw decision we have Buck Sixers I mean it's loaded man can't wait. March is such a good time. And I talked about it yesterday. How was it yesterday or Wednesday? Wednesday about how I was just happy to have conference tournaments back. And it's been a fucking joy, man. So, all right, that does it. Have a good Friday. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. If you see me out and about, you know, buy a beer. I always will. That's, that's back. Look, we got to go back. You got to, you got to come out, dip your toes. If you're out in Milwaukee this weekend and you see me, uh, buy me a beer. Let's talk podcasts. Let's talk sports. We'll we'll do it all. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good one. We'll see you Monday.